live on YouTube, live on Locals. Coming to you from beautiful Hawaii, where I'll be leaving in a few hours, and I'll be back in the right time zone. Not the wrong time zone, the right time zone. And when I get there, wow, things will be even better than they are now. Yeah, time is, time is an illusion. That is right, Bob, or Don, whoever said that. All right, now, you may hear my coffee brewing, but do you hear the baby birds crying? No, because I kept the window closed, because I know it drives you crazy. And as soon as you hear that noise, stop. I'm getting my simultaneous sip ready for you, but I thought I'd come in on approximately on time. I did not kill them. No, I did not kill the birds, but they were noisy and awesome. Is there any story that uh, you especially want me to talk about today? Because I think I'll hit all the headlines. Did I feed them? I did not. We will not talk about the birds anymore. We're done with the birds. All right. Yeah, we'll be talking about uh, the Project Veritas, or, <laughs> or or as or as it was called on the film, uh, Project Veritas. What is that? Said the undercover. Project Veritas person, <laughs> which was awesome. All right, stay there. I'll let you come with me, but only if you're nice. Come with me. So if you'd like to know how my day is starting out, let me, let me give you a visual demonstration. Um, as you know, I just brewed some coffee. Um, here's how to not brew coffee, in case you'd like a little lesson on that. Don't do it without the coffee in the coffee maker. Because if you brew coffee, but you do what I just did, and don't put the coffee in the coffee maker, you will be ready for your live live stream and you'll have a glass of water. It's warm water, which I understand some people drink. And if I have specified anything, it's that any beverage is allowed. Any beverage. And so let's do the simultaneous sip and I guess I'll drink warm water. Here's to you. Go. Tastes like plastic coffee maker. I hope it was better on your end. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what's going on. So Project Veritas is added again. They've got another uh, Twitter employee who believed he was on a date with some young man who was a Project Veritas undercover uh, agent. And you have to watch it just because the, the whole thing is kind of funny to watch him talk. But here are the highlights from this Twitter employee. Uh, he said, and this is uh, some of the things he said, that uh, uh, their woke ideology is basically why they can't make any money. He was saying that, that Twitter doesn't make money, but that's not true, is it? Isn't Twitter profitable at the moment? He was acting like they don't make money, but I don't think that's true, is it? Yeah. Um, and he was saying that... Uh, <laughs> 
that Twitter's not there to give people free speech. <laughs> now, of course it's not. So what he was saying was, you know, technically exactly right. Uh, but it's interesting just to hear him say it, you know, that they, that let, let's say he was saying he valued uh, getting the information right over free speech. And that if they didn't uh, edit and censor things, they wouldn't know they were getting things right. And then as he was talking, he talked himself out of his own opinion. It's the, best, it's the, most, it's the most awesome thing. He starts talking and he realizes that if somebody is deciding what's right, which is exactly what he just promoted, that somebody, Twitter, would decide what's true, he, 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 so you could see him realizing that he had ended civilization. <laughs> I, I may be exaggerating a little bit, but as he's talking, he's realizing that if there's anybody, anybody who gets to control what is true, you can see, you can see almost like a light going on as he was talking that well, that would sort of end civilization. Seems like a good idea in the short run because you get more accurate information according to us. In the long run, if that's your standard, it's the end of civilization. Free speech is gone, everything goes with it. Um, but the funniest part was, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> there were two funniest parts. Uh, the funniest part at the end was uh, when he mentioned, the, the Twitter employee mentioned Project Veritas. And, and I think he showed something to the person who was actually the Project Veritas undercover agent who was filming him at that moment. And, and the guy who was being filmed was like, it's a good thing we met organically because otherwise I would suspect that you were at Project Veritas. But the funny part was what he showed when the Twitter employee showed the Project Veritas undercover guy, this Project Veritas document, or whatever it was, and, and the, the Project Veritas guy intentionally reads it, reads the name wrong. He goes, what is this Project Veritas? <laughs> that was good undercover work. Veritas, what is this Project Veritas I've never heard of? <laughs> but, <laughs> I would like to nominate this uh, this employee for the most fired person <laughs> on the planet because he went on to say that they don't take basically he was mocking Elon Musk for having Asperger's do, do I need to finish the rest of the story if anybody was more fired than this guy He's the most fired person in the in the history of humankind. <laughs> Nobody could be more fired than him. And I don't know. I don't know if Twitter will fire him before Elon Musk buys it, or or Musk will fire him when he buys it. But he's very fired. <laughs> he, he's more fired than anybody's ever been fired. So uh, my understanding would be that um, you know Twitter's internal woke policy would require firing him, right? Because he, uh, uh, the, the problem is that uh, he was mocking a disability, if you could call it that. Now, it doesn't look like much of a disability if you're the richest man in the world and, you know, you, you have it. <laughs> it sounds like an advantage, not a disability. But 
Um, he is the most fired person in the world. So I don't care too much about local politics or state stuff, but Dr. Oz, I guess he's in a runoff. And Madison Cawthorn lost his primary, so he's out of it. And when I, when I saw Madison Cawthorn go down, I thought to myself, what would happen if the Democrats were successful in taking out the most, let's say, provocative Republicans? And so, you know, there's one more down. He's taken out. But what happens if they just succeed and they take out all the provocative Republicans? Is that going to hurt the Republicans or help them? I feel like if you take out the provocative ones, the Republicans look more popular, not less. I feel like they should leave the leave the provocative ones in place and don't cancel them if they can do that. But uh, the the atmosphere looks a lot different than it did under 2016, didn't it? All right, here's maybe my favorite story of the day. So Amber Amber Heard is getting her you know day in court now, so she gets to put on testimony from her side. Here's my favorite story. Um, so this is from, um, I think, was this Fox News site? Yeah. Uh, throughout Heard's testimony, she referred to Pennington. So this is someone who who um, testified on Amber Heard's behalf. So this is somebody who is, she's happy to have on the stand saying good things, this Pennington person. Uh, throughout the, Heard's testimony, she referred to Pennington as her, quote, best friend. Right? So Pennington was called by Amber Heard her best friend. Here's how her best friend described himself. Quote, I wouldn't consider her not a friend, he said. We don't speak. We're not enemies. That was her best friend talking. Let me say it again. This is Amber Heard's best friend. It's her best friend. Quote, I wouldn't consider her not a friend. Uh, we don't speak. We're not enemies. Now, can I teach you something? Here's a lesson. Um, people with Amber Heard's personality type, they literally don't have friends. They don't have any. Like, actually none. <laughs> and that, that's one of the ways you can identify them. And they will call their best friend somebody who doesn't even know that they're a friend because it's all they got. And do you know why that they don't have friends? It's not because people don't like them. It's not because people don't like them. Do you know why? Why do they not have friends? Does anybody know? There's a specific strategic reason they can't have friends. Not because they're toxic, which they are, but that's not why. Not because of trust, no. Lack of empathy, no, no. Don't care, no. Don't want friends, no, no. Inauthentic, no. Nobody got the right answer yet. It's because if they have more than one friend, they're gonna get different stories. So she's in a personality type that lies about everything. And if you have uh, if you have friends, the friends figure out the lies and they talk to each other. They go, wait, what did she tell you? Well, she told me completely the opposite. This is on the checklist. So one of the things on the checklist to figure out that somebody's in this personality type 
is that they don't have actual friends. But they might say they have a best friend, but they wouldn't have any actual friends. So that was her best friend who barely knows her, basically. <laughs> I guess he knows her, but he doesn't consider her a friend. Um, now, I don't think that Johnny Depp is going to come out of this looking too great. But uh, I think he will have accomplished his, his goal of destroying her, if that's what he was trying to do. I can't read his mind. I think he was trying to get his own career back. He might, he might accomplish that. He might actually accomplish that. What do you think? Do you think he'll get his career back, and will he have essentially outed her for whatever kind of monster she is? It looks like it's going to work to me. I mean, I don't think it even matters so much the result of the trial, does it? I feel like he made his point. You know, the, the legal system will do what the legal system does, but the court of public opinion pretty much settled at this point, I think. So here's a surprising story for you. Let's see what your first reaction is. American women's soccer has agreed that the women will get equal pay with the men playing soccer. How do you feel about that? So a lot of you are, a lot of you are conservative types. Do you have a problem with that? Do you have a problem with the women soccer players making the, the professionals making as much money as the men? All you sexists, do you have a problem with that? Oh, oh something that sounds subsidized, you say. Oh, so you're saying that if the men get more, more uh, audience, that that's not fair because then the men would be basically subsidizing the women in a, in a sense, right? Is that what you think? Well, you're all wrong, you sexist, sexist, misogynist bastards because women's soccer makes more money. <laughs> that's something I learned today. Did you know that? That women's soccer earns more money. They have more, they just have, they're more popular. And you know, somebody's saying, no way. But remember, it's girls and women who are watching women's soccer, more likely. And maybe you just don't have visibility on that world. So, uh, <laughs> so apparently their audience is pretty good. Now there's some there's some difficulty in sorting out who makes m much money, but apparently there's no argument on the side of them um, earning less money for the team and therefore being underpaid. There's no argument for it. So is it somebody says they can't fill stadiums, but I think they do. Uh, that's not the only source of revenue. So they got the TV time and the tickets, etc. Um, personally, I like watching women's soccer as much as men's soccer. And I actually enjoy watching both. So soccer is, people like to watch games they played, right? I, I totally agree with you if you say soccer is bad to watch. Like, it's really not made for TV. Um, yeah, they should make bigger goals. or they, they should fix it if they're gonna play it on TV. But if you've played it, if it's, you know, if it's a game you've enjoyed, then you watch it differently. You know, you're, you're watching not just the scoring, but the, you know, more of the details. And I like, I enjoy watching uh, women's soccer. I think it's completely entertaining. Same with women's basketball. I, I enjoy watching women's basketball. 
I don't. I don't think that I, I. As long as the teams are like highly skilled and somewhat matched, I'm pretty happy with them. All right. So uh, I'm all. Uh, I'm all super woke on that. Let's give everybody the same amount of pay because they earned it, right? They're, they're, it's not really a woke argument. It's an economic argument. It's not even. There's no wokeness necessary. Well, let's talk about that Buffalo white supremacist shooter whose name is, um, I, th I think we've all told you his name, um, Fuckwad Mick Jerkface, I think was his technical name. And um, here's my problem with all this white supremacist stuff. Isn't it just mental illness? <clears throat> Isn't it just mental illness? Let me ask you this. If this white supremacist, if you could ask him these following questions, and he could um, answer honestly, how would this conversation go? If you said to him, for example, hey, you, you Buffalo white supremacist shooter who shot, shot a bunch of mostly black um, people at a grocery store, um, you know, what's your philosophy? And he'd probably say something, like if he's a white supremacist, and apparently he is. And he would probably say something like, oh, uh, the white people are awesome. And, you know, we're bringing in all these people that he doesn't like because they're, they're brown or whatever. Now, here's the second question that I would ask him. Okay, okay. So, if I understand you, your white supremacist philosophy is that uh, the people in your group are the superior ones. Is that what you're saying? And that you don't want to water it down with what you think are lesser people. And I presumably he'd say, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And then I would ask the follow-up question. Okay, okay. Where would you rank people who were uh, racist mass murderers? You know, let, let's say you were going to rank all the people, because that's what you're doing, white supremacist. You're saying that you're, you're up here and you know, other people are down here. So you've, you've literally ranked people by value, I guess. Where do you put yourself in that rank? The, the mass murderers of American citizens. You know, where are you in that rank? Now, would he say, oh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm near the top. Mass murderer of American citizens who did absolutely nothing to earn it. What exactly is his argument for superiority? Right? Now, I get that he's just one guy, but does that guy get credit for the invention of the light bulb? Is that his argument? That there's somebody who's completely different from him that he never had any interaction with who once invite, invented the light bulb and that person was white. So does the white supremacist, who is not an inventor of a light bulb at all, but rather a mentally ill murderer, does he imagine that he's awesome because there's somebody also white that he never met, isn't related to, who invented a light bulb once? Is that his argument? <laughs> or, uh, <clears throat> and so here's my point. Uh, aren't we completely missing the, we're missing the, the lead, right? He's mentally ill first, and then once you're mentally ill, it doesn't matter what the hell weird thing you believe, if it's you know, dangerous, like, that's almost secondary. We're treating him like he's got a fucking philosophy. He doesn't have a philosophy. 
has no philosophy. We're acting like we better stop this philosophy. No, the philosophy is mental illness. Here's somebody who's, uh, even his worldview doesn't make any sense. If you sat down with him for two minutes, he would talk himself out of his own worldview. Well, uh, actually, would you like to see me do that? Wouldn't you love to see me talk to somebody who had his crazy worldview and was arguing that he was superior because of his whiteness? How do you think that would go? <laughs> like in a conversation with me, right? Because we'd both be white. But I'd say, all right, so uh, I did some good stuff, right? I invented Dilbert. Um, I don't remember you helping on that. So why the fuck do you get credit for my accomplishment? Explain that, you piece of shit, murderer, suprem- white supremacist asshole. And then he'd say, whoa, 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 why are you being so mean to me? You know, aren't we white people? We should be, we should be on the same side. And I'm like, mm, no, I think you're just ruining my brand and murdering people that I would love, I'm sure, if I met them. You're a worthless piece of shit, and I wouldn't want anybody associating you with my brand whatsoever. So please associate with the crazy fucking murderer brand and get away from me. Now, that, I'd start the conversation that way. Then I would get him to argue that he gets credit for the accomplishments of complete strangers. Because that is, the, that is completely his philosophy. That he gets credit for my accomplishments. Sorry. You get to go to jail. That's what you get. You don't get credit for my accomplishments. Go do something. Right? Um, have you met any... Have you met any black people that you like better than a mass-murdering fucking asshole white supremacist? Yes, I would say basically all of them. <laughs> basically every person I've ever met in person is better than this guy. Everyone. Um, I don't think I've ever met anybody of any color, gender, sexual orientation who is worse than this fucking guy. So if he's got some argument about his superiority... That's just mental illness. That's all that is. And I feel as though making this political just makes it worse. I don't think, you know, acting as if he's part of some big thought movement is ridiculous. All right. Uh, There's an Israeli firm who now can 3D print your glasses, and I believe this includes the lenses, the frames and the lenses, to your... Um, prescription in minutes. So you can go into a store, pick out your glasses, I guess from the samples, and if you've got your prescription, they will actually print them out, perfect pair of glasses, while you're sitting there. Now, this is a the beginning of what should be the end of the need for international trade. You know, if you just make everything locally. Except, except, can somebody here tell me how to get rich on this? Or make money on it? I guess I'm rich enough. Um, Can you tell me how to invest in this? Because I think it would be a mistake to try to pick a winner, unless somebody has emerged as the clear leader. I don't know that that's happened. But there's probably an indirect way to do it, don't you think? Is there some business... That is in the, whoever is in the business of, you know, making some common component, 
Yes, there is one. Yeah, what about the raw materials? That's what I'm wondering. At what point do we pull uh, CO2 out of the air and use it for your printer material, for some kinds of printing? Someday. Uh, the materials in composite. So where do the raw materials come from? Are we just, uh, are we coming out ahead? I don't know. So, so somebody uh, who knows this industry, can you tell me, give me, give me some ideas of what companies, I feel like it's all startups, so there's nothing to invest in that's sort of uh, above the public stock level, right? Somebody says oil and plastics. <clears throat> Could be. But we wouldn't use more oil and plastics just because we 3D printed it, would we? We'd use the same amount. It would just be done locally. But it, I, I don't know. I'm not sure oil is the... Uh, I've never wanted to invest in oil for the long run. <laughs> it seems like a bad... I don't know what the long run is, but it seems like a bad idea. Um, all right. Well, that's amazing. If you could make prescription glasses, uh, what is it you can't make? Maybe somebody can tell me that. There, I know there are some people on here right now who are 3D printing experts. Um, so is there any material that can't be printed? Because we can do metals, right? A diamond tiara, yeah, you can't print a diamond. Yet, do you think we'll never be able to print a diamond? I'm going to say yes, we will. I mean, it seems impossible, but I'm going to say yes. Somebody will print a diamond someday. Uh, the lenses are hard to get that accurate. Yeah, maybe not. Cannot print food? Yes, you can. You can print food. You can print food. Um, metal, you can do metal. Medicine. I believe that there's, uh, with medicine, it's really just combining things, right? You can print the pill, but you'd have to have the raw materials. Um, the McDonald's ice cream machine problem, what is that? Print is a bad word, manufacture is better, I agree. I agree. But you need a whole new word so people know what you're talking about. All right. Um, Superman can make diamonds. That's a good addition to the conversation. Thank you. All right. Oh, well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Let's talk about this so-called replacement theory. Um, it's like the, the replacement theory thing I almost like never want to talk about because it's like, it, you know, you look at it, it takes 10 seconds to realize it's just two people talking about different things. Am I right? When uh, CNN talks about it, they talk about it as, you know, the, the idea that uh, it's a bunch of racists who don't want anybody watering down their white privilege. And when somebody like Tucker Carlson or any reasonable Republican talks about uh, how immigration will change the character of this country or uh, at least change change the voting patterns, perhaps. That's just math. Isn't one of them just math and one of them is li literally exactly racist? Am I wrong about that? And, and 
uh, don't we keep acting like they're the same thing so you can mock the other side? We're not even in the same conversation. So when somebody like Tucker says, um, if you add a bunch of Democrats to what we already have, won't you get more Democrat policies? How, how is that racist? If you add Democrats to the existing number of Democrats, don't you get more Democrat stuff? Now, of course, there's some question whether they would all remain Democrats in their second generation or whether they're really even that uh, left-leading at all. Because I don't know if you've ever met anybody who came from Mexico or South America. <laughs> Do you know what they're not? They're not left-leading. I mean, I don't know any that, that I would uh, identify that way. And what I mean by that is they all just seem to want to work and worship their God and, you know, raise their family, family-oriented, you know, very religious, you know, work-oriented, just want to stay out of the way. Super not woke. Not woke at all. Not even a little bit woke. So I do think that maybe there will be a big surprise about how they how they turn out politically over time. Um, and I guess I would agree with most people who say that the... Uh, the immigrant community is sort of naturally Republican. It feels like it. it feels, they feel like they're natural Republicans. I'm not saying good or bad. That that's, I'm not saying that's a positive or a negative. It just feels like that they're more compatible. Um, and uh, Joel Pollack, of course, brought a little heat on himself with this tweet. Uh, he said, quote, replacement theory would be less of a problem, meaning a political problem, if it did not, uh, if it not, if it did not offer a compelling explanation of why Democrats are trying to open the southern border to as many migrants as possible, and offer them quote a path to citizenship and voting. Uh, note: No one ever provides a better explanation. Now, if you read his comment correctly, he's talking about the messaging. So it's it's not a comment about good or bad about immigration. It's a comment about how they, they present it. And the, the point is if, if the people on the left don't want replacement theory to be how Republicans on the right interprets it, perhaps they should offer an alternative view. And um, we, we sort of assume there's an alternative view, but I don't know that anybody's articulated it. Like I, I ended up filling it in myself. So, like, I, I'm filling in the left's argument mentally based on what I think it would be because I haven't heard it. So here's what I think it would be. Um, we need to be kind to all people. And uh, why do we treat Americans as, you know, special? Um, because there are people starving on both sides of an arbitrary border. And so why don't we just be as kind as we can to these people who have a tough time? Something like that. I don't know. Is that is that close? Is that the argument? Because if they do have an argument, I think it's, I think Joel has made a really good observation. That why aren't they saying it directly and cleanly? Here's our argument for immigration. But it's not that. It's sort of like the lack of an argument for a wall or something, right? It's more of their anti doing it than pro not doing it. It's, it's like they're, they just need to be against something. 
it's not like they're for something so much. Now, it could be that it's hard to explain and still be elected, right? It could be that they really are just empathy-related or empathy-driven. could be. I, I can't read minds. But when the other side, the Republicans, are imagining that they can see no other explanation, um, it does leave an opening for people to misinterpret. All right. Um, I saw a good thread from Timothy Snyder. And he argues in a long thread that it's senseless to shelter Putin from the sense that he is uh, losing. He will figure that out for himself and he will act to protect himself. And in the long thread, he makes this excellent point that people like me, he doesn't, he's not referring to me, but I'll, I'll throw myself in the group of misguided people, have been saying that uh, Putin needs an off-ramp that he, he needs a way to lose gracefully and you know say that he won. And uh, Timothy Snyder's point, which seems like a good one is, no, he doesn't. Why would you think that? <laughs> it's funny, as soon as, you, as soon as there's a little pushback on it, uh, my, my opinion just fell apart. So my opinion was he needed an off-ramp to avoid embarrassment and still say you won something. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you more of Timothy Snyder's argument. But the basic argument that just completely derailed my argument is, no, he doesn't. Why, why would he even think he would need that? Because he controls the media. He just has to tell the Russian media to tell him I won. That's it. <laughs> he's, not really, he's not responsive to anybody else's opinion of him. He only needs to manage internal opinion. He'll just tell them what to think, and then they'll, then they'll think it. Right, so uh, I like this. I, li I like. I mean, it's a good. Uh, I think it's a good correction that I will take as correcting me. Uh, Andrew says, "Does Scott believe the as of Nazis were evacuated or captured? Why would I even have an opinion on that? Like, uh, is that relevant, somebody? I, I feel like somebody's challenging me." in my opinion of the Ukraine situation. And usually it means that you think I've taken sides. Is that what you think? Do you believe that I think that the Ukrainians are um, angels and that the Russians are devils? Is that what you believe of my opinion? Is there, is there anybody who believes that, that my opinion is that one of the sides is good and the other side is bad? Andrew? You said Russia was going to lose. Yeah, I'm still saying that, but that's that's not the question. Um, you said Ukraine was actually going to defeat Russia. Andrew, stop saying what I'm saying. <laughs> stop it. Okay, I'm saying it. You don't have to tell me what I'm saying. See, see the, the point of the comments is not to tell me what I'm saying at the moment I'm saying it. And then to say it like you've made a point. Scott, you said we should drink... The simultaneous set. Yeah, I did. That's not helping. All right. So, no, I'm not under any impression that the Ukrainians are, let's say, avoiding war crimes. Of course they're committing war crimes. Do you know how I know the Ukrainians are committing war crimes? 
Does anybody know? How do I know it? How do I know the Ukrainians are committing war crimes? Thank you. It's a war. That's all you need. It's a war. Uh, pick a random country and then tell me they're in a war. And then ask me if they're committing any war crimes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because it's a war. Right. Unfortunately. Now, that doesn't mean that there's some, like, policy to have war crimes. But, yeah, of course. You know, are the people who sign up to go kill people the people who are going to make no mistakes? Yeah. Well, I think they're aggressive by nature. Um, the lack of discussion is draining. What does that mean? Right. Yeah, I'm sure there's no country who has avoided any war crimes. That's not a thing. So neither of them are angels, but we can look at our predictions. And I'm sticking... Well, let me, let me give you uh, how CNN is treating this. So if you look at the CNN page, and let's, let's say we believe that CNN is sort of, in most cases, the voice of our intelligence agencies and, and the Biden administration. Would you accept that as a as a starting premise, the CNN and the Democrats are basically the same team. If you look at how CNN is covering the Ukraine war as of today, here are their stories. There's something about how effective Ukraine's drones are, and all they need is more of them, and they'll definitely win everything. So it's a story about how drone technology is already, uh, and it's going to become more so, is already so cost-effective compared to tanks that, and by the way, who told you this first? Tank warfare might be done. It just might not work anymore. Where was the first place you heard that? Was it the military expert, Scott Adams? Hmm. I think I've been telling you for a while that tanks um, should be worthless already, but certainly soon. And you remember me saying, so Russia is going to take all their tanks into Ukraine and those tanks are going to be okay? So my prediction from the start is that tanks were already obsolete. Did I, that, anyway, let, let me put this to you. So those of you who've watched my live streams, can I make that claim that I said tanks were obsolete and that we would find out? Correct? Yes, yes. Okay, I'm getting, getting confirmations from people saying I just said that. So there's at least one person who knows a lot more than I do who's speculating the same thing, that the, the age of tanks is just over because they can't defend against drones. And if you're saying, oh, but there's all this anti-drone um, technology, then you should know that the new drone warfare is you send the first drones in and then the anti-drone technology lights up and then from that point, you know what to attack. <laughs> so you attack the things that lit up, and then you send your, you know, your full attack drones. So once you reach the point where they can swarm and they cost you know, 10000 a piece or $1,000 a piece, it's going to be nothing but drones, pretty much. Somebody says, your ego is showing. You know what I do for a living, right? Well, let me deal with that. You know that this form of uh, media does inform 
it requires showing off. That's, that's sort of built into the model. You know that, right? You wouldn't like it if I didn't. <laughs> it would be conspicuously missing. <clears throat> so yes, when I get one right, uh, I'm going to drill it into you. And the reason is that I make predictions primarily as the, you know, the base of my entertainment here. The main thing I'm doing is showing you different ways to predict things. Sometimes follow the money, sometimes follow the persuasion, sometimes use your, your BS filter to know what's true or what's not. And then I do it in public so that when I'm wrong, it's really, really obvious. Such as when I very incorrectly said, there's no way Russia is going to attack Ukraine because Russia must be at least as smart as I am. And I know it won't work. So that was like a horrible mistake <laughs> because it turns out they weren't. It turns out they were less, less informed about how this would work than I would. And I was guessing. So that tells you how good their intel is. So CNN's coverage is that the drones are working and definitely will make those tanks obsolete. So that's pro-Ukraine reporting. That the Russians are stalled in some places, that's pro-Ukraine. Uh, more about destroyed tanks, that's pro-Ukraine. Uh, Europe is trying, is coming up with a scheme to buy less Russian energy, that's pro-Ukraine. And then uh, there's a Russian war criminal confessing some war crimes, that's another story on CNN. So one, two, three, four, five stories on CNN just today, just today, they're all anti-Russia, pro-Ukraine. Now, does that mean that that's actually how the, the war has turned so that CNN doesn't have any news about Russia succeeding? It's only news about Russia messing up. So is that even close to what's happening? How, how would we know, right? How would we know? Uh, makes you want to root for Russia even more. Oh, because the CNN's on the on Ukraine side. Can you make a tank invisible? No. All right. Somebody says watch uh, RT Russia today. I don't feel like watching RT would would inform me. So let me say that I don't believe uh, CNN's reporting. I think um, it looks like Fox News barely touched it today because they had more political news. And uh, that's about what's happening there. All right. Um, look at financial markets and you'll know. What will, what will the financial markets tell me? Would that tell me who's winning? Yeah, I'm looking at your comment, Christian. I don't know that that would tell me who's winning. Because financial markets are not military markets. Do they really know what's happening? Uh, no, Hawaii does not have rec recreational weed. Thanks for asking. Uh, the Russians took the steel factory in Mariupol, right? But that's, that was, they basically had it for a while now, right? I mean, there was no surrender there, and there was word about trading, trading prisoners, but that was sort of something that they, they just bombed into nothingness. Elon saved crypto again. Did that happen? Uh, financial markets, yes, will show you thoughts about the future, but it won't tell you what's true. It's just what people imagine is going to happen. 
um, has a ton of commodities. Right. Cloaking device, you think that's going to be a thing? Maybe. Um, no. How could you listen to everything I said and then conclude that I just said the opposite of what I said? Okay, on Locals, there's somebody who has accused me of believing CNN. Did that just happen? Is there anybody who just watched for the last five minutes and said, I just believe CNN's reporting about Ukraine? Is that what you got out of that? Because I feel like it was the opposite. <laughs> That's weird. Um, yeah, you know, the whole thing about the ruble versus the dollar, uh, I admit I don't know enough about that, you know, field, the currency you know, field. Uh, but I don't feel that we know what's going on there. Does anybody else have a feeling that you know, just looking at the ruble not collapsing is, I'm not sure that's telling us what you think it's telling you. Because I feel like there might be ways to either lie about it or protect it temporarily. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't know that it, it matters. That I mean, I don't think that we know what's going on with the ruble. Uh, why not read RT? You suggest looking at both sides. Because I already know what RT says. What would be the point of reading something if you know what it says? If I buy R if I read RT, is it going to say Ukrainians are bad, Russia's doing better than you think, uh, there's a perfectly good historical reason why they're doing it, uh, Russia had a perfectly good case because NATO... Exp uh, do I need to read RT? Tell me one thing that RT is going to tell me that I don't already know. I mean, that I know they say. Give me one thing that they would say that I don't already know, or anybody doesn't already know. Where does Scott get most of his news? I literally tell you every day that I check both Fox News and CNN, and that gives you sort of the, the, the popular sense of where they're going. But Twitter is actually the best place to find out any in-depth news. And people will tweet at me, you know, those stories that are they know are in my wheelhouse. So most of what I see is from um, articles from anywhere, you know, every, anywhere from uh, blogs to whatever. The front lines is the market price for war. Hmm. Can you name better than financial? You mean something to look at that would uh, predict where things are going? I think you just have to look at the drone supply chain, supply line. If Ukraine is getting enough drones, they definitely win. If they're not getting enough drones, Russia will at least carve out something. Um, I don't think they're going to take Ukraine at this point. Um, you first heard that tanks were done 20 years ago, but drones are, yeah. Drones are a whole different deal. I don't think tanks will go away against uh, maybe you know, non-industrialized enemies. How to get drones in range? Apparently it's easy. So the military drones are not like the hobby drones. So they've got like 20 mile range, you know, and even the cheap ones, you can be a quarter of a mile away. Uh, drones could be beaten. They said tanks were done in 1939 with bazookas. 
Well, they were right. Because <laughs> if, if we had enough, uh, instead of bazookas, I'm going to say shoulder-mounted rockets, right? Because that's basically what a bazooka became, right? Shoulder-mounted rocket for tanks. And um, I think if you have enough shoulder-mounted rockets, tanks are worthless. So it's not that, um, it's not that tanks are, were good or bad. It's just that they couldn't work against an industrialized, well-armed enemy. That's what I think. Why not EMP the drones? Probably because it would take out your own stuff. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess I guess the smart people say that it's always going to be cat and mouse, and that the you know offense will beat defense until defense beats offense, and then it will reverse again. Yeah, the problem, um, can drones survive a nuclear blast now? Well, what survives a nuclear blast? Tanks are viable when protected by infantry. That's, apparently that's what's changed. So it used to be true that tanks are valuable when protected by infantry, but the infantry can't stop the drones, so that's what's different. They probably could stop um, the bazookas. All right, depends on the type of nuclear weapons. All right, is there any uh, story that I missed? Anything you'd love to hear my opinion on while you have me? Uh, bazookas don't work against new kinds of armor, but the, the shoulder-mounted missiles do. The disinformation board is paused and Nina Jankowicz resigned. Did that happen? Is that breaking news? That, let's see if the disinformation board, did that really happen? Can anybody confirm that? Um, let's see, let's see, disinformation board. I want to find out if that's a rumor. Did anybody, you know, this, uh, the Dr. Oz thing doesn't interest me, frankly. Um, so it's being reported that the, I'm looking at uh, a Pompliano. Okay, a bunch of people on Twitter are saying has been suspended and Nina uh, Jankowicz has resigned. All right, it looks like Washington Post. Hold on. So this looks real. <laughs> uh, it derailed them. Uh, they chose near the Washington Post to say that 33-year-old Jankowitz was uh, had extensive experience in the field of disinformation. Unfortunately, maybe yes. It's funny that doesn't sound like a positive, does it? All right, so it looks like uh, maybe that disinformation board is falling apart. All right, well, that's interesting. 
<laughs> oh, I don't know if you saw this from May 13th, when Jeff Bezos was talking about a Joe Biden tweet from May 13th. And Biden said, you want to bring down inflation? Let's make sure the wealthiest corporations pay their fair share. And Jeff Bezos tweets that, and he says, the newly created disinformation board should review this tweet. Or maybe they need to form a new non-sequitur board instead, because it was a total non-sequitur. Raising corporate taxes is fine to discuss. Taming inflation is critical to discuss. Mushing them together is just misdirection. And I'm thinking, oh my God, they lost Jeff Bezos. Joe Biden and the Democrats lost Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post. And, and this is Bezos. Bezos just slapped, he just bitch slapped Biden in public. Bezos didn't just give us an alternative opinion. <laughs> he just bitch slapped Biden like he was a, a scarecrow in a field or something, because that's who you bitch slap, right? I mix all my metaphors. Yeah, you still can't get into orbit, somebody says. <laughs> all right. Uh, wow. So, um, what do you think about the disinformation board if it does get disbanded? Do you think that the, uh, the internet dads and the, the right took it down? If that happened, well, I guess we'll find out. But if it did happen, it does mean that the public uh, made a difference. And that would be, that would be a Twitter thing, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be that because Twitter exists, the disinformation board got taken down? Because I don't know that there was that much energy anywhere else. Maybe Facebook, I don't watch Facebook. Is there something with Durham happening? I haven't seen anything. Um, uh, somebody th thinks I played a big part? No, I don't think I did. I don't think I had any role in anything about the disinformation board. I think that was just everybody had the same reaction at the same time. I, I don't think you could pick a leader in that. When everybody spontaneously said, what? What the hell is this thing? Get rid of that. Yeah, I, I think that was just everybody. I love to take credit for things, but I had nothing to do with that. Um, oh, you meant the internet dads, yes. But, so, so here's what I think. I, I think that there's a group of people who have to, in a sense, bless opinions. And that if there are too many of those people that you trust for opinions and they disagree with you, it's hard to keep your opinion. You know, you, you want to conform to the people that you've agreed with in the past. So the, the so-called internet dads are just people who have the ability to cross lines and say, oh, the other side has a point this time. You know, don't listen to your own side. They're lying to you, whatever. So that, there's a little bit of credibility there um, that, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that there is some credibility there. And I do think that this disinformation board couldn't survive rational, rational people looking at it, basically. It just couldn't survive it. Um, oh, you think they're just gonna rebrand it, maybe? All right, that's all for now. I'm gonna go get ready for my flight today. I'll see you in the morning.
tomorrow. And if anything happens, I'll talk to you then. Bye for now.